0: section two uh, let me read this it does talk about a lot uh, as Karen said uh, but basically it, it it's revolving about around one point and, and we'll talk about that uh, chapter 2 section 2 says this God hath all life glory goodness blessedness in and of himself and is alone in and unto himself all sufficient that's the main point of this section. Is that he has all life, glory, goodness, blessedness in and of himself, and is alone in and unto himself, all sufficient, not standing in need of any creatures which he hath made, nor deriving any glory from them, but only manifesting his own glory in, by, unto, and upon them. He is the alone fountain of all being, of whom through whom, and to whom, are all things, and hath most sovereign dominion over them, to do by them, for them, or upon them, whatsoever himself pleaseth. In his sight all things are open and manifest, his knowledge is infinite, infallible, and independent upon the creature. So as nothing is to him contingent or uncertain. He is most holy in all his counsels, in all his works, and in all his commands. To him is due from angels and men and every creature whatsoever worship, service, or obedience. He is pleased to require of them. Um, that is the perfect argument against the openness
1: of God heresy. So you heard of that, right? Um, so that God is contingent, his decisions are contingent. Yes, he right. he doesn't know, he sees it. Confused
0: yeah. He's not sure what might yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a heresy called Middle Knowledge, um, where they were trying to sort of have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to say God was sovereign in His counsel and independent, but also wanting some f- sort of human agency to be involved in God's decision making or counsel. So basically, they said. Um, that God th- 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 this is in in relation to election, that God elects based on what he foresees yeah. the person doing in the future.
1: That's view,
0: so right. So this is it's it's like a you know soft Armenianism, but basically it is the same thing. Um, yeah, because if God has the basis decisions on what you'll do, then basically you're in charge, or <laughs> what you might do. Um, and uh, you're, you're, you're damned <laughs> because the Bible also says all have turned aside and none are righteous. None been, seek him.
1: I've had this argument with a Baptist friend's wife, and uh, she just gets really angry about this whole concept. She says, God would not condemn people without giving them an option to make a decision. And she said, He gives everybody that chance. And I said, What about those who have never met Christ? She said, In some way, they're a decision before or after they die. So I asked her. I said, "Can you support that from Scripture?" And she says, "Whosoever will." Well, God defines whosoever when He says, "There's no righteous, not right. one." So sure. And she just gets. I mean, she actually gets a little about
0: it. Right. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. Um We don't. I mean, we'll. we'll, we'll in, on, on another layer, another added layer to that is the, the the sin imputed to us by Adam. So we are born in the state of sin. Before we commit any sin, uh, we sin because we are born in that state of sin because of Adam. The whole race is damned. Uh, so, I mean, and that's Romans 5. So so you have another added layer of why, you know, human, uh, sort of human agency leading to salvation doesn't work. so simple from
1: the time
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I see stuff in my son. We don't teach him things, but he does things that are rebellious and sinful. We don't teach him, so
1: we obviously. Teach you that? <laughs> no,
0: like I don't teach him stuff right. that is bad. Right. You know, obviously we don't. He doesn't get it from screen time because we don't let him do, do screen time aside from like wheels on the bus, right. you know, Coco Melon and Baby Shark. Please
1: don't mention that
0: but he's not get, where is he getting this stuff from where is he getting his rebellion from he's not us so um he's getting it from somewhere and it's his adamic fallen sinful nature uh his sinful estate um but in going back to chapter 2 section 2 uh in in summary everything that god is everything that god does everything that god uh you know, wills all of his counsels all of it he is um he is not dependent on anything his counsels are not dependent on any of his creatures or creation his character his glory goodness blessedness he has in and of himself is not dependent on anything his glory um it's not like he needs us to glorify him in order to be glorified he is glorified he requires that of us because we are his uh we are his creatures
1: Yeah, this is why when i've heard churches even some churches i've been in who say that for some pastors and people say that god needed to create hands so that he would receive glory or he was lonely Sure. No,
0: right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, just this idea that God is not contingent. He is uh, utterly independent. Uh, in other words, this, is the, this section talks about the, creature, the creator-creature difference. Uh, the, the, the vast difference between the creator and his creatures. Uh, whereas the section before hinted at that a little bit when it talked about incommunicable attributes of God. But then the previous section also talked about communicable attributes of god attributes that by virtue of us being his image bears we share some of his attributes not on the level same level of holiness and perfection and and eternity and almightiness that he does but but we share some of his attributes but here in this section it says, even though we do share some attributes with God imperfectly and, you know, in weakness and in sin, uh, there is still a vast gulf of difference between the creator and the creature. Right. Uh-huh.
1: Is why when the scripture says, when we see him, when we the light, about human nature.
0: I think it's also why when, uh, in, in in the Bible, whenever there's a theophany, when God reveals himself, his glory, well, first, God doesn't allow people to see him in his full glory. <laughs> he says, you're going to die, Moses, right? So I've got to cover you, your face. I've got to put uh, Elijah into this, you know, into this cave and whisper to him in a, in a little voice. Uh, and even, even when people do see God's glory revealed, uh, they, they are frightened to death.
1: Um,
0: a couple Bible verses because we always want to derive our theology from the Bible. Um, Acts 17 is a good place. Acts 17, uh, verses 24 to 25. This is Paul at the Areopagus, where, of course, he is um, in Athens on this hill, um, and he is uh, uh, debating with the Athenians about the 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 existence of god in Acts 17 verses 24 and 25 uh, the bible says this god therefore the one whom you worship without knowing him i proclaim to you god who made the world and everything in it since he is lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives life he, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. There, of course, you know, the background, Paul's wandering through Athens, uh, and the Athenians have uh, idols, statues to every kind of God from all around the world, even an idol, a statue to an unknown God. And Paul basically says, well, this unknown God is the God that I'm now going to proclaim to you. However, he's not like what you think of a God because all of your gods need you Right. All of your gods need humans on some level, um, you know, for their existence. But this God does not. He doesn't even need a place to dwell um, that, that we can make. And of course, that, you know, Paul is there also uh, referring to when David and eventually Solomon wanted to build God a dwelling place, a temple. And that was a great thing. But God basically says, you know, I don't need you to to build me. Uh, a, a temple um, job twenty two and we talked about this a little bit last time we know the context of job is his friends are in the wrong because they, they're not showing job compassion even though their theology is correct okay and so this is their uh, this is one of part of their one of their discourses in job twenty two verses two to three. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, can a man be profitable to God, though he who is wise may be profitable to himself? Is it any pleasure to the Almighty that you are righteous, or is it any gain to him that you make your ways blameless? Uh, basically, they're saying that God doesn't derive any glory from us. You know, He is glory, the fullest, the, the, the most eternal and infinite amount of that possible. So, so how can we you know, he need us to, to glorify him. Although we are required to glorify him because we are the creatures and he's our creator. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, part of the section talks about God being the fountain. I love this phrase. He is the fountain of all being. He alone is the. F- he is the alone fountain of all being. Of whom? Through whom? and to whom are all things. Many places in scripture talk about this. Uh, the, the one passage that I like most, Colossians 1. Um, Colossians one fifteen to 18, talking about Christ. verse 17 where it says he is before all things and in him all things consist i forget which translation it's either the niv or the esv says in him he holds all things together i think that's the niv um i I don't know if you guys have seen the 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 movie oppenheimer the 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 one that recently came out the whole field of quantum physics and quantum mechanics, you know, Absolutely. fascinating. Okay, uh, basically, uh, w- by looking at atoms, not just cells, but but down to the atom, atomic level, uh, there is actually uh, more empty space in the atom than there are physical particles. You know, we don't know uh, how everything works, uh, but but there is there is more empty space here. Like if you go down to subatomic level, then there is physical matter, and yet, like, I'm held together in such a way that, like, I can clap, and my hands aren't passing through
1: and each other. Right. Now that is even something that's beyond.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and there was a point when they were developing the atomic bomb, right. that they 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 had a fear that if you split apart if you were able to split apart the forces that were holding together an atom one atom that that might create a chain reaction mm. to destroy the whole world
1: wow.
0: you know later on they did some more calculations and then they said the the percentage was near zero okay thanks <laughs> near zero near zero okay oh, but 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 mathematically they were even contemplating if you just split apart one atom the 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 force that held it to, that holds it together is so great that if you were able to somehow break that apart that might cause a chain reaction that destroys the whole entire world i mean this is this is like what's that force that holds atoms together what, what's the force behind quantum physics it's it's christ holding things together holding all things in him all things consist it's the fountain he's the god is the fountain of all being um, we talked about this a little bit. Nothing is contingent or uncertain in regards to his counsel. Uh, when we talk about God's counsel, uh, most often it's his counsel for salvation. You know, but but all of his counsel, right? Um, Acts fifteen. Interesting because this occurs um, uh, in the Jerusalem Council. Uh, so this is this was part of the debate uh, between uh, the Judaizers who didn't want the Gentiles to be included unless they had circumcision, versus uh, what the the decision that the church made uh, finally was that you know salvation is by faith alone. You don't have to be circumcised. But Acts fifteen, verse eighteen. This is, um, this is James, okay? These are the words of James. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. Um, so... James kind of sees the gentiles receiving the holy spirit and he reasons backwards and basically the place where he ends up is well God doesn't change his counsels you know it's not his counsel isn't contingent on anything not on the faith or the faithfulness of the gentiles not on their repentance not on you know how receptive they are like if God has poured his holy spirit on these gentiles that must mean that in his eternal counsel, he willed it to happen. And that's kind of, you know, that's ultimately where James goes in helping the council decide to 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 include the Gentiles.
1: I just thought it was interesting that List gives I understand the from sexual immorality, but this triangle in the blood, I know that's based the blood part is based in the Old Testament. I think the triangle part too, where it said that you weren't supposed to do that, but why would they then put that in the New Testament on the Gentiles? Not to eat strangled
0: or blood. From things strangled from blood? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll have to tackle that one a yeah. little I mean,
1: later. <laughs> really, um, yeah, it is pagan rituals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: okay. Yeah. It's um
1: George always has the right now. No, no, it is.
0: Um, it's the same where um, we uh, my my wife and I about two months ago, we uh, attended the, the the wedding of one of her friends. the The husband's family is very Buddhist. He's the only one that's saved. Uh, you know, the the friend and the husband they they're both Christians, and as a result of this, uh, the, the husband is coming into great conflict with his own family, because you know they want him to go burn money. He's not going to go burn money. It's It's a similar ritual as, you know, eating foods sacrificed, you know, in blood. You know, these are pagan rituals. Uh, Basically, the, the, the exhortations from James comes down to, okay, you don't have to get circumcised, but you need to obey the Ten Commandments, right? No sexual immorality, you know, no idolatry, you know, worship God alone and things like that um, keep the Sabbath holy. So basically it came down to, you know, you got to obey the Ten Commandments because that's the word of God. Um, let me end with this. It's 1138. Um, this section talks about the, the all sufficiency, the independence, the transcendence of God. That is something that we are losing today in today's churches. There's, there's a spectrum. There's always a spectrum between the transcendence of God and the imminence of God. God is both. He is both utterly transcendent, you know, uh, the, 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 the gulf between the creator and the creature is so great. Um, and yet he is with us. He is not only our God and savior, he is our friend. He is our advocate. He knows our weaknesses, right? Um, he, Jesus was made flesh, okay? So there is the imminence of God, and you really need to have both in order to have a good biblical balance in church. What I find happening in uh, American churches more and more so is uh, more and more churches are are just siding towards the, the imminence of God. They just emphasize that God is your friend. God is, you know, God knows you. God wants you to feel loved. God Jesus wants you to... get you. Right, right, Jesus gets you, that's, that, that was that whole, yeah,
1: that bothers
0: me. that's the whole ad campaign. I saw one yesterday. I saw one yesterday based around the holidays where, uh, you know, it talked about, well, you have a family, right? And sometimes you don't get along with your family. And sometimes you meet up with your family for, for a holiday dinner and we know it's stressful and then and then after a couple of times your political differences get in the way and then you stop meeting with them that happened to Jesus Jesus understands and I'm like where <laughs> not only do I disagree with that ad campaign but where in the New Testament do you find Jesus not going to dinner with his family because of political th- like where do you find that the fine
1: line between and Heresy, like and blasphemy. Like
0: there was one before where where they said Jesus was a refugee too. And like, okay, if I I, I disagree with it. I disagree with it because he was a Jew in his own country. But I could see how a a a a, a progressive liberal might take the New Testament and, and twist it enough to like get to that. I don't even know where 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 they get this, where 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 Jesus now is having holiday dinner disputes with his family over politics where do you find like what is the seed of that in the new that i i don't i don't get it
1: obviously that's why joseph is He, must have, he must have had a dispute.
0: right yeah one was a democrat and one was a republican so um no like that 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 is popular now um but but it's also part of the reason why You know, in sermons, so many sermons will emphasize the imminence of God, the friendliness of God, how God understands us and how God, you know, fills our needs. Um, And and, and we lose the transcendence of God. It's why in worship service you see skits and performance art because it supposedly connects with the audience and connects with the people on, on a on a human level, more than just the the, the, the straight preaching of God's word. Recently, uh, you know, my wife and I were were were, were trying to find a, a local church, you know, that's got a good children's room and got good preaching. Uh, there was once, so so we've been visiting around uh, where there was once where uh, there was a sermon, and the guy was just, uh, you know. God is your friend, this, and God is your friend that, and God understands this, and God understands that. And then, and then there was a p- moment in the, I had a, you know, I, and I had a problem with the sermon. There was a moment in the sermon where he went back in the Word of God and he, and he explained what what the what the Word of God was commanding us to do, which I thought great. Finally, you know, that's a challenge for us. But then the next thing he did was he said, he watered it down. He said, well, God also understands that we're all weak and we can't do this. So he, you know, he, he, he lessened. Like, like he, it's, it's almost like during the sermon, he was all, he was, he was, uh, 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 you know, flowing with the imminence of God. And then when he finally preached God's word and he t- touched on God's transcendence and glory for a little moment, he got so fearful of that, that he went back down to imminence and said, well, God also knows that we're all weak and we're not gonna be able to do this and, and, and he gives us help and he gives us grace. And... No, just just you know you don't have to you don't have to water down God's word. You don't have to you don't have to protect your people from God's word like that. Just preach God's word and let that burden sit. Cause that's where we get our understanding of the transcendence and the glory and the holiness of God. Right. Just it let us. Which
1: used to exist even in non-Christians at least around where I grew up in the foreign country. Even non-Christians had an idea about the holiness and mm-hmm. the transcendence of God because they would uh, they wouldn't do business on a Sunday were they. I mean, not that that's necessarily a main point, but they would also be very afraid of using Lord's name.
0: Yeah, he was so afraid of offending his congregation. No, not him. He was. Af- he was so afraid of God offending his mm-hmm. congregation. Right. Yeah. that he had to he had to soften he felt like he had to soften god's word i mean that's blasphemous yeah, that's right. um, I, I, sometimes it's good for the preacher it's not our job to, to to help the audience or the church members feel better about themselves sometimes it's okay for us just to preach the word and let the burden sit yeah. you know and not work things out for everybody just you deal with it with the Holy Spirit, because maybe that's what God wants us to do. You know, um, yeah. So, so this this section reminds us of the transcendence and the glory, uh, and the utter otherness of God. Any any questions? Okay. Does that kind of resolve the 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 so many words and the <laughs> kind of boils it down to a nutshell? <laughs>